If you have ever read Country Living magazine, you will know Catherine O'Leary. If you've read Country Living magazine in the last year, you will know that it has been one hell of a year for Catherine O'Leary. The kind of year that has left her, even in the middle of the long, exhausting slog of spring calving, feeling very grateful for a lot of things. Brenda went to the family farm in Carrigrahan near Blarney to meet Catherine, Tim and the family. Brenda, I absolutely love calves. Um, I don't know, every calf that's born is the same miracle to me that uh, from the first day that I saw a calf being born. They're just, it's so special and it's, it's, it's such a miracle of nature. And it was in a calf shed literally to this day. Yes. To this day, the 15th of February yes. 2023, yeah. that you noticed that your arm was swollen. This day last year I was in the calf shed. I was hauling out one of those feeders that we're looking at there. I thought I yanked my arm, Brenda. I thought it was as simple as that. I started giving out a column about high gates and and, and so on because it was in the other shed because I thought I had a bone out. And I even asked Column to feel it, you know, and I was saying, look, do you feel that bone there? And to this day, we both wonder why we didn't think cancer. Mentally, things happen us, and, and or psychologically, you put it away. And I began to think this is something else. And then I showed it to Tim, and he said, "Gosh, Kay, that's a lump." And from there, sure, we had the scans and all the rest of it, and 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 then the diagnosis. It dawns on you then how serious uh, it it looked. It's a lot to be talking about in a cow shed or it calf is really shed, isn't calf it? Shed, yeah. Once the medics realised that there was a tumour there and so on and that it was quite serious, it was here in my latissimus dorsi, um, just that muscle there that's just just behind your shoulder, I suppose. It was just devastating. Sure, we cried for a month, really, mm. you know, trying to get our heads around it and then things improved. Um, and once I started chemotherapy on the morning, I started chemotherapy I'd, or the day before I'd had a PET scan. And the PET scan revealed that the cancer wasn't actually in the nodes in, in my lungs. So there was suddenly hope yeah. that this was, you know, it had metastasized, but it was localized at the same time. And that having done my chemotherapy, I would have surgery. And I, I have had surgery. So I am so lucky, Brenda, to have had the care medically and family-wise. You know, I wouldn't be here, but for all of that. Uh, I named two cats in here named Rosie and Rory. So, so the red, so the red one in that pen is Rory. That sucking sound, Brenda, is music to my ears. It just shows healthy calves. It's, it's, just, it's just gratifying to hear it. They're hungry and they're happy and they're getting on with it. You're doing a job well done. Exactly. I think we'll, we'll make our way up to the house Brilliant. now. We might have a cup of tea. But I just want to show you my own bedroom. Right. Because I had to spend, in the last year, an awful lot of time in it. And I just want you, you to feel what I could feel while that was happening. Are you coming, Ricky? Yes. Yes. I'm always going back to my garden. Ricky's mantra at the moment is, wherever you are going, Granny, I'm going. Where is Granny going? I'm coming. I was thinking about that Granny will be the best Granny in the whole wide world. <laughs> very lucky Granny, Catherine. Aren't I very lucky, Granny, to hear, to have that kind of care and that kind of love. Isn't it lovely? 
you'd so much on. Then your decisions about your career, school teacher, for how many years? Twenty years in oh. Our Lady of Good Counsel School. I, I really found it hard to leave, and they gave me the most amazing send off. And <laughs> but there was part of me wanting to go. No, I don't want to go. I want to stay. I want to come back. You know, but you know, life moves on, and you just you just got to go with the flow. But it's hard to accept. You just have to. You just have to. And I will. When you say you will, that means you haven't yet, if you know well, what I mean. Well, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I probably haven't yet. There are, you know, ah, it takes time. I mean, it does take its toll and the, the drugs take their toll on your joints and on, you know, you do age because of it. Well, I suppose facing your own mortality, staring it in the face, you realise the things that are important. Can I say we haven't even got to the house yet? No, you no. haven't. Yeah. <laughs> you want to play a song? Strange Boat by the Water Boys. By the Water Boys. Love yeah. music all the time. I absolutely love music, but during my treatment, for some reason, I stayed away from it. It was as if this treatment is going to damage my love of music and I love Leonard Cohen and I love Bruce Springsteen and I, you know, there's so many that I love but I loved the Water Boys from very many years ago and when I'd wake in the middle of the night this is the song that I would play for some rate I was in the strange boat and I was had strange cargo and it was really funny that you know, and strange really that this song resonated for me but I played it and played it and played it. I love the voice of Mike Scott. What did it do for you? Got me through the next few minutes. Calmed me. And I kept on. Now, I hope I'm not intruding too much. Just me and our listeners coming into your bedroom. No, no, there's no problem. It really was was a lovely place to be, but yet I was so alone in here. This was where it all happened. This is where I had to stay. And you had to recover and and rebuild. But I'd we sit down, yeah, and I used to be able to sit here on the bed, you see, and there's the farmyard over, and I'd hear the noises, and when the cows would graze here in this plot. So when they'd come here, it would be every three weeks, and it would be time for chemo again. The fifth time, we'll say, that I saw those cows grazing, I knew I was finished, you know. The cow cycle nearly marked my cycle of chemotherapy. And if you lean a little bit here, you'll see... Colum and Elaine's house. I mean, we're so lucky to have Colum at home farming with us. That house started being built and I watched it being built block for block up along right up to the roof and took pictures. I used to lean out here out this little window with my phone and take a picture. So they're all from the same angle, every single picture. But it kept me going. And then I knew little Peter was on the way and and now I have him to cuddle my second grandchild and it's just so lovely. That was so lovely. But this was where I was most alone, I suppose. And this was where I had my meltdowns. 
And I remember one particular night, uh, about half eleven, Tim coming in as he would. And I just remember crying and just absolutely having a major meltdown because I felt so bad and so sore and so sick. And I'll never forget his face looking at me and just the pain in his eyes really looking at me because he hadn't a clue at that point. He'd done everything. He'd given me tablets, he'd given me water, he brought me anything he could. But there was just nothing you could do, only just get through it. And every bit of your body breaks down and you're sore here and you're sore there and oh Lord, it's just awful. But just it passes is the other part of it, you know. You wrote about this in Country Living. Yes. You wrote beautifully about it, Catherine. Thank you. So people must have responded to you in droves. They responded in droves. Look, that box there is all mass cards and letters what? from the readers, from the readers around the country who never, lots of them never met me. And took the trouble to sit down and write me a card. And you've no idea what a lift that would give to you. You know, it was like Christmas cards coming. All these cards, Tim would say another one. And just to read it. And even though some of the days I was hardly able to read. I describe it like the love of my family was wrapped around me. Then my siblings and my wider family. Then my cousins. Then my close friends. My friends abroad. It was just amazing. Are you hitting a wall yet, Catherine? Because yeah, I am. We're definitely yeah. hitting a wall. I think we need some nourishment. Yeah. We made some soup and nearly oh, burnt yeah, our yeah, round it's oh, Hi. How are you? And at the table were her four children, her daughter-in-laws and her son-in-law. So what impact did Catherine's cancer have on them? Philip. I remember exactly where I was. I was out in the field bringing in the cows in the, in the absolute lashing rain. And uh, mom rang me and I had the headphones in and um, I brought in the cows, whatever, and mom rang me to tell me that the cancer was back. And of course she was upset. But I remember when I hung up, of course I cried um, out in the middle of the field by myself in the lashing rain. I don't know why I cried, because I'd be a very positive person. I always knew that mom was going to be okay. And I think that's the only way you can attack it. Wipe my tears off. And from that moment on, it was, be strong for mom. She's going to be fine. Never let us know how, I'd say, how truly ill she was. Um, because she's, she's your mom and she just drives on. Colin. One of the first things mom said to me was sorry. That, as if she'd be an inconvenience, you know. <laughs> when we were excited about Peter. Was it a scary time? What we were thinking was, we hope she'll be there. All we want is for her to meet him and to know him. Not just meet him, but for him to know her. You know, she said that out loud, she knew exactly what she wanted and what she was fighting for. She said, I'm going to know my grandson. It's great to see him in her arms now. Oh dear, oh come on. Dear bud. Uh, I have my mother a lot, feeding the calf, because she was the best mother ever. Uh, I make tea for mom. She loved toast and uh, butter. Like everything, yeah. I really, really delighted for her and myself. An eldest and only daughter, Julie. Uh, when she was diagnosed, I was at a very busy time in work and it was really unsettling for the biggest support in life to suddenly for the rug to be pulled from underneath her. And as you've seen and heard, she is the centre of our universe and, and keeps us all rolling. So I have a physical disability, so... Um, home has always been a very safe place for me 
so when mom got her diagnosis, it, it was a big shock for us. I finished up my full-time work so that I could be at home. So that was a really privilege for me. Yeah, so like, she lost all her hair during chemo and when it grew back then, it came back as a kind of a blue steel grey, which I thought was very nice. Loads of other people thought it was very nice and told her so, but it didn't carry with Catherine at all. It had to be adjusted. So now it's brown. <laughs> but it's back, Catherine. <laughs> it's back and that's a good thing. But every time I'd pass the mirror, I'd get a bit of a start. And of course, my hairdresser, Michael in Darcy's, was delighted. As he says, I'm very happy to take some of Tim's uh, euros. <laughs> Well, speaking of Tim, I'm sitting down with Tim, your husband of, it's a debate now, 41, 42 years. 42 years in July. And how did you meet Tim? She turned up at a mockery meeting in Ballancolic one night. I think she kind of threw her eye on me before I kind of noticed her, to be honest, if that was, if truth be told. But we kind of got together, that was before Christmas, we kind of got together after Christmas and more or less ever since, yeah. As a couple, you've gone through a lot together. The first time she was diagnosed, I was very upset. For a good while. Probably dealt with the grieving then, so that when I came back, I was more programmed to dealing with it and knew the, the story. When, when I saw that lump, I knew what we were dealing with. Like, there was no doubt in my mind, but this bloody thing was back and that it had to be dealt with. So, just got on with it then. It's, it, like, it's very simple, Brenda, in my mind. Like, we are committed... As a little aside, we, uh, someone asked me one time, are you going to renew your vows, your marriage vows? And I said, no, I meant them the first time. And that's kind of the way it is. Like, we kind of got into this thing for the long haul. So whatever comes along, and we've had some fair queer stuff come along. So whatever comes along, we're in it together for the long haul. And it makes it easier when we're in it together, you know. I mean, Tim just managed everything. I think it, it probably has changed us a bit as, as a couple. Well, I'm not as... As confident, I suppose, I have to be honest and say I'm not as confident as the future as I would have been. Um, so I really, really value every day. On this Valentine's week, after everything you've been through yeah. over the last year and now as you look ahead, Catherine, what do you think you've learned about love? Oh, love is so every day. It is so important that it is just there all of the time and that you can actually rely on it. It doesn't come and go. It's just there. And it was there for me in buckets, absolutely buckets. And Tim was just amazing. I'm proud that I got through it. And I'm proud of all the people that helped me. And really, really so proud of my family. We're sailing in a strange boat Heading for a strange shore We're sailing in a strange boat Ah, Catherine's favourite, Mike Scott. Let me say from personal experience, that household is exactly as warm and as friendly as Brenda's report made it sound. Best wishes to Catherine and to Tim and everybody under that roof in Carrigrahan.